Hello and welcome to the SIPS Queensland podcast where we interview Queensland professionals to get an insight to their careers, their highs, their lows, their wisdom and their advice. So let's check out today's podcast guest. This week's podcast guest is Stephanie Duncan, who is currently the general manager at Stanwell here in Brisbane, Queensland. This woman is a superstar. She's been a single mom over the last nine years in her careers. And she is an absolute power tool gardening fanatic. So she loves her DIU project. She talks about that a little bit as well. She started her career in computer game salesperson and doing beta testing to then working with one large infrastructure on warships, tunnels, power stations, everything like that. And she's changed her profession four times from finance to project management and now into our wonderful procurement industry. This woman is so down to earth. You will love every little bit of this podcast as she opens up about her own experience, her career within procurement and also exploring the self-doubt that she had throughout her career and how she's managed it as well. So she's truly inspiring. You'll be able to connect with every word that she says. And I hope that you enjoy today's podcast, which is hosted by Sean, one of our SIPS Queensland committee members. Let's get straight into it. I'll, I'll get kicked off. So, so obviously, um, Steph, you and I uh, have been lucky enough to know each other for um, quite a long time now. Um, and I've, I've been lucky enough, obviously, to follow a lot of your procurement career as well. Um, and obviously, a big big, uh, big driver for us sharing these podcasts with the um, procurement community so that people can get a real feel for how people's careers have developed, how their um, you know, background has shaped the person that they've come and, and, and become. Uh, and obviously, it's quite pertinent that we're doing this with you today and um, the day after um, International Women's Day um, as a real genuine leader in the field of procurement. So um, I, I know a, a lot of your passions outside of work include DIY projects, power tools and uh, renovating your house. If you're not renovating something, you're usually not that happy. So I've been privy to a lot of that over the years. Um, and obviously your passion for sort of large infrastructure as well. So we'll, we'll get into that when we sort of you know, really start to understand your procurement career and how that's developed. Um, but typically, obviously, we speak to a lot of people in procurement and um, it's rare that people seem to um, choose the path of procurement. Um, most seem to fall into it. So is that the same case for you, Steph? Did you fall into it? And, and if you did, how did that happen? Yeah, I did. Um, and everyone I have met, I think, has fallen into procurement. Um, for me, I started my career a long time ago as a little accounts payable person and worked my way through to um, doing project management um, on a lot of large defence um, builds, um, think warships and helicopters. Um, and as part of that, procurement was always a piece that was included, um, whether it was that we were bringing consultants on or um, having to look at the supply chain. Um, so all of those aspects were sort of an everyday thing for me. Um, and when it came time to leave that government realm and, and foray across into private industry, um, procurement just seemed like the right fit. Um, and it took me all of about three weeks to find a role in procurement because it was just that perfect fit for me. Fantastic. And, and 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 take us on that sort of um, journey then. You, you obviously recognised that um, procurement was the right profession for you and that's after an early career. I think you started in computer game sales, didn't you, as a tester? Uh, 
Yeah, that put me through uni whilst I was studying biotech and microbiome. Um, so a very different career path I had thought for myself. Um, but from there, it was through accounts payable, through project management, and then into procurement. So. And, and was it what you expected, Steph? You know, a lot of people have different versions of, you know, perception versus reality. And what do you, do you think procurement was going to be versus, versus what it was? How did that look for you? Um, I don't think I really realised how strategic procurement could actually be. Um, whilst I'd done bits and pieces and bought, um, you know, had bought things and had bought services on and managed those contractors, um, I really didn't realise how much you could influence and guide an organisation um, from being a procurement person and having um, that forefront and the strategic view that you get from procurement to help them drive forward all the business demands and um, all the business strategy as an overall. And, and I think we'll probably come back to that, Steph, as well, you know, about procurement in general and some of the things that really motivate you. Um, obviously, you, you and I um, crossed paths um, when you'd moved out of that government sector and really embarked upon your procurement career for, for, I guess, real, when it was a real choice for you. Do you want to just take us on the journey of when you made that decision, how the career panned out, you know, the roles that you had, the companies that you worked for? Definitely. Um, so to start with, um, I started working with TEES. Um, and when I started at TEAST, I started as a category manager um, and I was looking after um, PPE, um, geofabrics um, and a few other sort of construction-based um, procurement categories um, where I was looking across the, their services division, the construction division and the mining division. So there were sort of elements that um, every category that I had touched upon each one of those. Um, from there, um, we expanded our team. Um, so we went from a little team of about 10 to a team of 75 overall. Um, and I started leading the um, site services and professional services portfolio group um, for TEAS at that stage. So that was looking after um, all the engineering services, legal, um, pretty much anything with service in the title. Um, and then all the site services, so electricians and um, plumbers, um, all those sort of minor, well, not minor, but all those sort of generalistic trades that we would have across um, the different construction builds. Um, I, I, I think something really interesting to the listeners with that, uh, Steph, because I remember um, your time at TEAS very, very well. And obviously we're, we're on a SIPS podcast here is that the team you were part of and helped obviously, you know, lead a part of that bit were named the most improved procurement function for SIPS that year. Was that right? In 2014? Yeah, we sure were. Um, it was quite an achievement. We, um, I know the guys really, really loved going to the awards that year. Um, but no, for <laughs> us it <laughs> for us it was, um, I guess that celebration. Like it, it was really important for us to have that celebrated, um, and the awards were a great way to be able to have that done. Fantastic, and obviously some good um, successes there, and and, and I think. I think most people in the industry will know that, you know, obviously the uh, the parent company to Tees um, actually restructured that whole business, which which quite sadly saw that team and 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 procurement, uh, I guess, environment pulled apart, moved to different parts of the business. So, do you want to tell us a bit about that time for you, and then that transition of you know what was going to be next? Um, yeah, it was a very tumultuous time actually. Um, we went from um, when I did put the portfolio services group up. Um, we made $23 million worth of savings in our first six months. 
Um, so it was, we were full go um, and everyone was full tilt. Um, long, long hours, but it was all because we had a passion for what we were doing and we could see the results that we were getting. Um, and when we were bought out, um, we were told we weren't allowed to start any new projects and we had to sit for six months whilst we waited for uh, that restructure to all take place and for the redundancies to happen and for them to decide what our future was going to be. Um, so going from, you know, a high-paced, high-functioning team um, where we were knocking procurements out of the park and constantly on the go um, to wrapping up the loose ends on the procurement projects we'd just done and um, almost twiddling our thumbs waiting for um, our future to be decided um, was really, really difficult. It taught me that I really need to be on the go when I'm doing procurement. Um, I've got to be busy. When I'm not busy, I don't do well at all. Um, for us as a group, um, probably we lost 80% of the group through um, through that process. Um, and it was like we mourned. Um, and unfortunately, during that time period, we also lost one of our fellow staff members to suicide as well. Um, so it was very, very difficult. Yeah. Um, from there, um, I was lucky enough to do a little bit of contracting in with Queensland Health. Um, the procurement market was quite low at that time. Um, it was when a lot of businesses were actually cutting their procurement units back um, and procurement had probably taken a little bit of a hit in the way that it was viewed overall. Um, so contracting was sort of the only way to go at that stage, but I'm glad I did because it gave me a different insight um, into the world of procurement. Um, and then from there, I was lucky enough to move across to Transurban, um, which is where my procurement career started to take back off again. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you had some great successes in procurement. And I also know that you're really, really proud of the general manager's role that you've um, secured now because, um, you know, it's, it's a real opportunity. And I know you're very well thought of there. Can you tell me a bit about that process and in yourself, I guess, readying yourself for that next step, moving into that real senior leadership role in, role in procurement? Um, yeah, sure, Sean. Um, I had to battle a few demons of self-doubt when it came to actually applying for the role. I think we're always our own worst critics. Um, I knew that I was good at what I did. I knew I was good at the um, at procurement as a whole. Um, I knew that my everything that I'd achieved um, with whilst I was at Transurban procurement-wise and how I was considered in the business all pointed to the fact that I was ready for that next leap. Um, but it was about having that leap of faith in yourself. Um, and if any of the listeners out there um, are having that battle, all I can say is put the application in because the worst that anyone can say is no. And what the best thing you can get from putting an application in is that you understand where your growth journey might have to go. Um, and that's why I put my application in for um, the current position, my GM position, um, is I thought, well, if I'm not ready for it yet, I won't get it. I will find out what I need to do to be ready for that next jump. Fantastic. And, and you touched on it earlier on, um, Steph, around, you know, what you love about procurement. You talked about the influence and the guidance and the um, and the, the way that procurement can impact upon a business. Tell me a little bit around what you do love in procurement and is it beyond that influence and guidance? Is it that broader picture for you? What, what is that? Um, it has to be the fact that procurement is one of the few functions in a business 
um, that you get to touch on all aspects of the organisation. So you do get to see that big picture. Um, very few units in an organisation ever get to do that. They're very stovepipe and they work along um, doing, excuse me, doing what they do every day. Whereas procurement actually gives you that ability to actually understand the inner workings of an organisation and, and work out what drives it and be able to take that step back and work out how to get it to go where it wants to go. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I, and I think I think people that love procurement, you probably correct me if I'm wrong. Is if you love it, you're a success in it, and I, and I think that you know the time that I've spent with Eastaf over the years, that passion for what you do has, has really come come out. And I think when you've got a passion for the job and for a passion for what you do, you, you know you you approach your challenges probably with a different mindset as well. But looking at the challenges that you faced in procurement, what's been I guess the, the the hardest or the most um, acute challenges that you faced, and what some of the um, techniques and skills you've used to get beyond them. I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me this question. I was <laughs> pondering on what it might look like um, before we started this the podcast. Um, for me, I actually relish challenges when they come along, um, so I don't see any of them as a negative experience. Um, for me, every single one is a growth experience. Um, but probably one of the biggest challenges that I have um, have had across my career is sourcing um, information on whatever category it is that I'm going to be doing um, is going to come from. Um, and what I've done is I've learned to trust um, that the business and the SMEs within the business know their industry and they know the area that they're working in um, and that they're going to be some of the biggest um, guiding influences for you to be able to find that information. Um, but also to make sure that you're part of organisations like SIPs um, and to make sure you do the networking. I probably didn't do that early in my career because I was a single mum with two kids. So for me it was work during the day and come home and work at being a mum. So the time to do the networking um, after work just wasn't there. Um, but it is probably one of the most vital resources that you have as a procurement person. Um, so even if it's only one or two events that you can get to during the year, they might be the one or two connections that you just need to make life that little bit easier. And and, and that's a, a really good probably point that you made there, um, Steph, just to touch back on, because I think we'll talk a little bit around your mindset and that's how you appraise some, you know, um, appraised or looked at some of those challenges in procurement. But obviously working as, um, you know, a single mum with custody of the uh, of the child and children um, through the early part of your career and studying. Do you think that really galvanised you as a profession and, and really prepared you for, you know, I guess your career in later life that you had to go through that? Um, I think absolutely. I think it, time management became a huge thing for me, um, making sure that I wasn't procrastinating and the time that I had um, was used positively because it meant that I didn't have to bring work home to the kids. Um, I certainly learned how to work smarter rather than harder during that time period. Um, yeah, they're probably the key aspects of it, but yeah, it, it most certainly did um, cement who I am today. Um, and the best thing is, is my kids have the most amazing work ethic now as well, because um, you bring it home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think I think what's resonating from the conversation so far, um, Steph, is is that um, is that organisational strength that you've got using your time properly, that general personality that you've got. You know, you approach 
challenges with gusto and you're ready for those challenges because you enjoy them and that probably gives you the energy and the drive to actually de de deliver upon them there's obviously a lot of you know young people coming through early in procurement that will look up to people like you that have you know really developed your career and re really reached the heights um, as you have you know going back to your sort of uh, you know 20 odd year old self what's the advice that you passed down when you were starting out there'll be young people listening to this you know really looking to take advice from you as to the key takeaways what they should do for their career and what they should think about in procurement when they start out um there'd probably be two key pieces of advice i'd give sean um the first would be don't afraid to seek be don't be afraid to seek mentors um, for me, I've had some amazing mentors through my career. Some of them have been my direct managers, um, but sometimes they've been people who I've looked up to, um, who aren't in my direct chain or aren't even necessarily in the organisation that I'm in. Um, and even if it's just that you have two or three copies with them, um, the insights that you can gain from them can completely change your career and your outlook on how you approach things. Um, I've got different mentors that I call on for different things in my career now and each provide me, um, I guess, different types of guidance. Um, the other thing that I would also say is make sure that you find that one person, not necessarily a mentor, it could be a peer, who you can bounce things off. Um, it's really difficult sometimes when you're working on a category or you're looking for a new category strategy, when you're trapped in your own head working it all through. Sometimes you've just got to grab that person and go into a room with a whiteboard and whiteboard it all out and get it all out of your head and it'll make sense or they'll challenge you and play devil's advocate for you. Um, and for me, I've come up with some amazing strategies because other people have said, th or the people who I've used as my bounce person, as I call them, um, have just made an odd comment whilst we've been doing it um, and it steers me in a completely different direction um, and exactly where I needed to be. But I wouldn't have got there if I hadn't have had that person. And, that, and I think that ties back into earlier on, Steph, saying, you know, talking about mentors and talking about networking, because in, in your early career, you're, you're probably a little bit more reliant on the people around you just due to time. But if people are looking at the market at the moment and wanting to come to events, you know, such as SIPs and looking at getting their own mentors, it just gives them that those extra bounce points, doesn't it, that, you, that you're talking about? It widens the network and gives them more, more collateral to draw from. Most definitely. Um, obviously, procurement's going to change um, as we move beyond, you know, a pretty tough year with COVID and everything else that's been going on. And it's been evolving for a while. And I've certainly seen no, numerous changes in procurement since, since I've been living here as well. What procurement trend, trends do you think people need to be aware of? What's the upcoming, um, I guess, big ticket items of procurement? What's going on in this market in the next coming years, in your opinion? Um, look, I could talk to things like Bitcoin and Bitcoin and um, online auctioning, but I think what we're going to see, one of the biggest trends that we're going to see is um, focusing more on the other value that procurement can have can deliver to an organisation. So at the moment, for the last uh, 10 years, we've been so driven on savings and organisations have been squeezing categories for as much as they can get. Um, we all know that our suppliers have got to make a margin, um, otherwise we're not going to get a quality product or we might lose them midway through um, whatever it is that they're delivering for us. 
Um, so we can't continue to do that squeeze um, because you can't have something for nothing. Um, so it's more about focusing on the SRM, um, supplier relationship management, and what other value we as procurement can deliver to the organisation um, beyond just sourcing. And what about the impacts of um, technology and things such as um, artificial intelligence? Do you think that's going to continue to impact us in, as an in industry? Definitely. We're exploring um, how bots can help us um, at the moment um, in just the general everyday um, sourcing that the business looks for help for, um, but we're not necessarily resourced to be able to provide, um, as well as looking after the big stuff. Um, I think the more and more that AI develops, um, the more that we'll be able to inc incorporate it across what we do within procurement. And and, and do you think that there'll always be um, there'll always be a place for that true deep seated category management understanding, the person to person contact, the negotiation, the driving a deal? Is that always going to be there? Um, I think it is. I think there are nuances that the AI can't necessarily pick up on. Well, at this stage, they can't. Um, when you are in the middle of a negotiation or you are dealing with stakeholders within a business, first of all, understanding exactly what your stakeholders want and what's really driving them um, is key. Um, and we all know that most of our stakeholders sometimes don't know what they really want. They think they do, but until you actually get in there and you start to drill down, um, you find that there's a whole other agenda that they weren't even aware of that they really wanted. Um, and I also think when it comes to negotiating, there are just those fine nuances in the room. Um, you know, we could just have online bidding if you, across categories, if we weren't going to negotiate, but you're still not going to extract all those extra value elements that come through that negotiation process, um, whether it be, um, you know, early deliveries or additional information access. Um, you still have to have all of those negotiation points. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And I think I think um, from what I've, I I'm seeing as a you know a humble recruiter in the industry is a is a real sort of um, dual team of uh, technology and AI and bots as one team, and then the category the depth of category management and leadership still coming through. Um, Steph, the, the career has been successful already, and you've got you know a long way to go. I'm sure you've got a lot still to do in your career. Tough questions, these, because it's hard picking certain things out in specifics. But thinking back so far, putting your rose-tinted glasses on, what, what's a highlight for you? What's really stood out? I guess, what are you proud of um, in your procurement career so far? There isn't one moment. Um, for me, my proudest moments, because they all all in the same bucket, are when I see those staff that I've mentored and helped grow move on to something bigger and better or have those absolutely amazing wins and you know that you've helped them achieve them and you know that you've helped them have that sense of elation that comes with putting that really big deal across um, across the table and having the business recognise it. Um, so for me, it's all about the people and how I influence them. Um, and I love the fact that I can be a teacher and a mentor um, and help grow people. 
And, and you've given some good advice out here already, Steph, you know, for young procurement professionals starting their career and something you wish you, you knew. Are there any real gems that you can pick maybe from your mentors or advice that you've been given that's really had a profound, diff- I guess, impact on you during your career as well? Um, probably the best advice that I was ever given was one small bite at a time. Sometimes when you're in the middle of a, ca- a category or in the middle of a sourcing event, everything can seem very overwhelming, particularly if it's not going the way that you'd anticipated it would. And let's face it, we all have um, experiences where that happens. Um, it's just keep moving forward and stay positive. So one bite at a time and you'll get to the end of it. Um, it's never going to be too big that you can't get through. I'm going to jump really um, far back into the podcast now, um, Steph, because we talked about falling into procurement. Um, and people do fall into procurement. It's the majority of how people end up there. But if you could if you could encourage somebody to get into procurement as a business, if you could sell that to you know a, a graduate or somebody coming through in earlier careers, how do you sell that to them? How do you encourage somebody to choose procurement as their career? Oh, that's a tough one, Sean. Um I would probably talk up the fact that you get to spend other people's money for a start. Um, so if you love to shop, it's a really great way to start. Um, no, seriously though, um, I would encourage them to consider it if they liked a career that was going to give them challenge and constant change um, because procurement gives you exactly that. No one thing is ever the same as it was the last time that you did it. Um, The market's constantly changing. Businesses are constantly changing. Um, So if you want a career that's going to keep you on on their toes, um, then procurement would have to be a must, and that would be my selling point to them, I think. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to speak to you today, Steph. I think, um, you know, you, you, you've had a great career, as I said so far, and, you know, I only hear good things about you and I've enjoyed spending time with you over the years. I'm sure, you know, our relationship will continue. But I think on behalf of everybody from SIPS and everybody that will uh, re- sorry, listen to this podcast, um, we just all want to say a big thank you for your time today. Thank you very much, Sean. And thanks for giving me the opportunity. Pleasure.